0: 7654321.
1: Hey guys, this is Liz Candace. This is Nikki Collins. What up, guys? This is Stark. Hey, this is the Monty Stafford. Hey, this is Jordan Canada. This is Asia. Wilson. Welcome to the WNBA Nation. WNBA Nation. Welcome back, everybody. It's. Is your boy Kyle Haywood here and I've got Logan Jones with me tonight. Logan, are you ready to talk about two of the most incredible WNBA games we've ever witnessed? Are you ready? Kyle, some are saying,
0: um, and not, I mean we we are also saying, but we're not the only ones saying <laughs> that last night's games were some of the greatest postseason performances we've seen in this league. We're gonna break it down today. You knew we were going to get an episode in before the next rounds. So we've we will have two game fours, and we will do a little bit of previewing those as well. But there's a lot to talk about, uh, so I'm I'm glad we're hopping on. Go ahead and uh, we'll, we'll get ahead of this right now, just in case it happens. But uh, Kyle is battling um, sickness, yes, um, yes, caused by getting down with uh the it, oh, I was gonna make it down with the sickness joke and it didn't it
1: didn't getting <laughs> um, so if I sound raspy everybody or I'm gonna try and mute these out and uh and hopefully I don't give Jason too tough of a time uh editing but I'm gonna try and mute out any weird coughs. But I will sound raspy today. All right. But I've been battling sickness. I was down for the count for a solid week last week and then Um, this week, like I'm over it, but I just, I can't get rid of this weird dry cough. So it's super annoying and yeah, it's been, it's been rough, but I'm excited to tell you the one thing it did allow me is some time to stay home and watch WNBA basketball. So that there are pros, there are pros. It's not only cons here. But Logan, real quick, before we talk about these games, do you want to give a quick rundown on of how people can interact with us, where they can find us, etc.?
0: Absolutely. You already found the podcast feed, so go ahead and drop a five star review and let us know what you like about the show. You can also check us out on Twitter at WNBA Nation Pod. Once again, that is at WNBA Nation Pod. Um, we will be retweeting and sending out the show updates, things that are happening to the games, people that we like. Uh, if you tweet us with something funny, we will retweet that. So be a part of the conversation there as well. And then we have a website. We have a website where you can find links to all of our, our store pages and our past episodes and just stuff that's upcoming. Uh, we want to take some time to <laughs> probably update that some more this offseason. I know before the season started, Kyle was very dutifully updating it with his mock draft episodes leading up to the WNBA draft. Um or entries rather episodes are for podcasts but he was, he was <laughs> doing some blogging um, we are going to be building that out more but it is uh, most importantly it's where you can find the uh, the link to our awesome store page um, yes. so you can go check that out as well um, those are the show plugs if you're new to the show and that's the first time hearing them get used to it. Cause we do it at the beginning of every episode, but if, <laughs> if you're a veteran and you knew, uh, I'm going to go skip the next 30 seconds of this because I want to get right to the meat of the episode. Here it is. Stop here we right are. Here. Stop. Yes.
1: Right Welcome. Welcome back. Um, yeah, absolutely. Uh, seriously guys go check out the, the store. Um, I just bought some more merch from our own store, uh, brought in some more and every single thing I get super high quality. We just got another sticker that we're putting on the back of a car. Um, uh the reason we're getting a new sticker is because the old sticker from our old site from several years ago is it kind of wore off. So we're getting a new one. And this one, these, these stickers are, are such high quality. I wash my truck like all the time and wash our car all the time and they never come off. So, yeah,
0: you know, Kyle, they, they have that stat out there about how like 90% of episodes or podcasts don't make it past like three episodes. Yeah. Well, 0% of podcasts have mugs this cool. <laughs> Zero, we're the only ones. Yes. Um, I highly encourage the mug. The mug purchase was great. Uh, I, Kyle actually ordered a bunch of merch from the store and they accidentally threw in an extra mug, which is why I have one. Yeah. Um, but I will order, I'm going to order two more with the additional designs because they're awesome. Yeah. Um, so just, just to, you know, support your favorite podcast, but also they're just great mugs. So if you're in need of one, I mean, why not?
1: It's good stuff. (laughs) It's good stuff. Um, Logan, let's hop right in and talk about. Let's just talk about. I'm tempted. I'm tempted to talk about the Aces and Storm game just simply because it's like it was. Yeah, well, it's it's one A, but I got to go one B because it's it happened first, and it's the game that will happen first again. Uh, probably tonight, as you are listening to this, it will be the sixth and you'll be listening tonight. But, um, but we got to talk sky in the sun because goodness. When I saw this game, I was like, all right, like good luck, Las Vegas and Seattle. There's no way you're topping the, you know, the back and forth, like craziness that that this game has brought, you know, four quarters. And to be honest, Logan, as crazy as the ending to the Aces and Storm was, I don't think that it even touches how close the Sky and the Sun game was from start to finish. Like literally quarter by quarter, play by play, the Sky and the Sun were going back and forth, blow for blow, um, the entire game. And I wanna, I wanna hit on that, like, immediately. This was a fantastic game. Logan, uh, you and I, were, we were talking about this game, you know, uh, back and forth. I know that you had some takes about about uh, Natisha Heidemann in, in particular. Um, but yeah, just your initial thoughts on this game as far as, you know, how it played out and anything that stood out to you in particular.
0: Yeah, I'll try to talk about this one free from any influence of the other game that happened, um, just because this was the first one to go. We were all enamored with it. As you, if, if you just look up the what is it? The game flow chart on ESPN or any of those, those websites, you'll just see, it's just a DNA strand the entire way through. It's both teams intermingled the whole way. Um teach Heideman, especially in the first half was cooking. I I enjoyed the Duana Bonner three at the end of the first quarter off the bank. Uh, I, I, this might be my fault and I, I'm going to fess up to this now before someone accuses me of it. And it comes out like, I don't want, I don't want people to think I was hiding this. I did send to our group chat a message at the end of the first quarter saying this game feels like it's got a Sun vibe to it. Um, so if you want to blame me for the reverse jinx on the Connecticut Sun, I I understand. Um, Chicago fans, if you want to thank <laughs> me, uh, at Logan TJ. It's my Twitter handle, um, and you you can send you can send your thanks and your praise there. But I did. I felt like uh, this. The sun came out really determined. They. I think everyone agrees they were kind of playing the sun style basketball in the first half. Chicago wasn't getting a lot of clean looks. They were missing a lot of shots from the outside. It didn't look as free flowing as they normally do. Unfortunately, Connecticut did not follow up with a sound fundamental performance. Um, they missed a ton of shots on the inside. I know you've got that stat written down. Um they they just didn't execute well when they I mean they had a, a lot of timely misses. They obviously did enough to stay in the game. We just already mentioned that it was close the entire way through, but jeez, Candace Parker and Courtney Vandersloot on the same team. I mean, every team remaining in the semifinals right now has all-stars and MVP candidates, and just they're all stacked with talent, and we know that. But this is kind of Candace Parker's era. We're living in right now, um, unless, yes. Unless someone on the other side of the bracket has something to say about it, um, and I, I, my heart breaks for Kurt Miller and the Sun because it's the same story with them every year. They have the talent to go all the way, and they know that. That's why they've run it back for three straight years. They've basically had this identical roster, and they've made it to the semifinals every one of those years, and they've fallen short because they just run up against the team of destiny who has the best player in the league. Every single basketball. season.
1: They, like they just aren't the team of destiny yet. It's, it's so frustrating because they're the team that should be winning. And yet they just always come up against yeah, I, this other I team with like this crazy story. Yeah, most,
0: most of the time I get really frustrated with teams that refuse to change anything in the off season. It's like, Hey, this formula isn't working. Change it up. I totally get why every year they're like, we like, we like who we've got in the locker room, man. Like, I like who they've got. Yeah. And, and it just, I mean, the series isn't over yet, but you're down 2 one to the reigning champs and it doesn't look good. Either. Bad, bad vibes, bad vibes for the sun. After <laughs> what I thought was going to be a, a game three victory for them and, and ownership of the series.
1: So a couple notes that I had on this game, um, as I went through, first of all, yeah. Like stellar performance, you know, Bonner with 18, uh you know Williams Heideman uh Brianna Jones you know Bree Jones with with 12 like all four of those players in double digits across the board like really really solid solid game and Alyssa Thomas although she didn't put up a <laughs> ton did not o- shoot well. on offense yeah I was yeah, going to point that out yeah she went 3 for 12 but she she pulled down 13 boards and had seven assists yeah you know she had more boards and more assists than she did points so like like really solid however um man like <laughs> I I do feel for this up because they had they had so many good things happening um you know you just felt it like everything down to when Bonner banked in that 3 to end the first quarter was just like I just felt like there was so many good vibes going through this game that it really felt like they were going to pull it out at the end especially at home but layups man like oh my gosh kurt miller when he when he during a i was i was it a timeout media timeout i can't remember but during a, a some sort of timeout kurt miller goes listen guys i'm going to i'm going to lose my job because people can't make layups like this is this is terrible in fact uh logan you alluded to this earlier but the sun missed 61% of their field goal attempts within five feet of the hoop. Yeah. Yeah, you get, yeah. you get 10 layups slogan yeah. <laughs> in the playoffs, but you have to miss six of them. That's insanity to me. That's crazy that they miss that many close shots. Like you, you can't, you can't win the playoffs. I don't care how good your vibes are. You can't win the playoffs when you can't make, a five-foot shot. Well,
0: and you really you want to take advantage of a game where... I, I left this out, but if you want to box score, read a little bit. Chicago, not good from three in this game. Six of 25 no. didn't have it going on from deep. I don't think anybody made more than one three-pointer on it. Like, nobody was feeling no. it at all. Allie Quigley, bad. Uh, we, we're an Allie Quigley pod. Not a memorable game for Quigley. Yeah,
1: one for seven from three and one for 11 from um, the field mean performance.
0: Yeah, Connecticut uh they I mean they shot way less they they went 5 of 12. Um so it wasn't necessarily a needle mover, but they at least were efficient from back there. Free throws about even across the board. It just comes down to that that shooting percentage. Like they were getting looks inside and I don't know if former defensive player of the year Candace Parker's presence is just that imposing in the middle to to force them to get a little tight and choke on those shots a little bit. I don't know. Kansas, by the way, did finish with just a ridiculously full stat line that included two steals and three blocks. So she was down yeah. there doing damage, but it it was just so obvious. Like this, we're gonna. This is gonna be a theme of today's episode. These were great games, full of worthy teams. No, no team that wins the WNBA championship this year is going to be a fluke. These are no, absolutely no, no. teams no, no, that deserve no. to be here. I I think Chicago deserved to win this game. I don't necessarily think that Connecticut had it won and then choked it away by any means. At the same time, they've been here again and again and again. And they just don't have the killer instinct or the luck or I don't know what to call it, but they don't have the thing to put them over the top. And it's, it's really frustrating as someone who really likes the Sun team. But I, I felt a little bad when, when we were doing our kind of playoff preview episode when it was still eight teams. I kind of counted them out, even though they were just a game off the pace of teams like Chicago. Because it's like, we all know what's going to happen to Connecticut. Like, this is exactly the story. And unless they... I mean, it would take a pretty phenomenal performance for the next two games to beat Chicago twice in a row and advance past the reigning champs. It, it really feels like Chicago's going to meet somebody in the championship series right now.
1: Yeah. I, I really, I struggle to see the sky, not at least taking one of the next two games. Um, obviously, you know, the sun with, with a home court advantage, but you, you brought out the Allie Quigley, you know, look right now and just the Chicago, three point shooting percentage in general, like this is a, a team that can shoot and absolutely take you out from behind the arc. And they shot very, very poorly and still won by four. And that's scary. That's scary if you're the sun, because you have to assume that there's going to be some sort of positive, you know, statistical regression back yeah. to the, the mean, right? Like basically what I'm saying is, If Chicago shoots 25 more threes, they're going to probably get closer to their season average or higher because they had just missed a bunch. And so, you know, uh, if you have an off game, a lot of times there's other games that when you come back now, you're shooting even better because, you know, that's how averages work. You're going to have some games where you're doing better than that. And so that's a little bit worrying where you've got two games left against Chicago. Um, So I am a little nervous there. Um, one last thing I, I want to bring up as far as our breakdown of this game: um, all playoffs are physical. Like you uh, in any, oh yeah, in any sport, in any uh, at any level, you know, like like you make a championship game, you make a playoff run. I don't care if you're in little league soccer; th- it gets more physical, more intense. And this game was no no different. But Logan, I, we we tend to, to stray away from like you know referee talk as far as on specific calls. But I want to just get your takes, just as not as you know how it affected you know that the sky would have lost or that the sun would have had more. Like I'm not I'm not talking about that. But do you think that this was handled well? The physicality of this game was handled well um, in general across the board.
0: No. Um, I, and, and let me get ahead of that by saying, I don't think either team committed dirty plays, which I would characterize as something that is intentionally meant to harm someone. I didn't really see that. I, it, there might be differing opinions there depending on how you feel about Candace Parker getting hit in the knee, hit in the eye socket. Like, I understand there was some physical in there to me. It was more a case of the officials didn't do a good job of managing the playoff intensity and letting the teams know where the line was. Right. Um, I am someone who likes basketball to be a contact sport. I like it to be a little rough. I want to see physicality, especially underneath, without going to the line thirty times a game. At the same time, you're going to get somebody hurt, or at the very least, you're going to start a little mini riot if you don't manage the the game in a way that, like, like everybody needs to know where the strike zone is, basically, right? Like, right. That's, that's my baseball analogy. Like, you need to know what you can get away with. And what's going to get called so that you can toe the line trying to get that competitive advantage without going over it. And both of these teams, I, I think we're trying to find that limit the whole night without any real sense of where it was. Which is why I think both right. teams have fans that are frustrated, feel like calls went against them that shouldn't. It's because there was inconsistency there that I think was poor a poor look for the playoff. Despite how great both of these games were the other day, I think the one negative that you could say is like, look, we we have to know like that the referees have a job to do. And that's to call stuff that they see on the court as consistently as possible. Their, their job is also to kind of keep, keep the, uh, Peace. the steam levels down, yeah, yeah, you yeah. know, with, like, they need to be able to sense when things are getting a little out of hand and to be able to stop the flow of the game and be like, everybody chill. You know, like we're, we're not going to have a brawl on our hands here. And it, it kind of, the first half especially kind of felt like, man, this, they're, they're just kind of swallowing uh, the whistles at weird times and blowing the whistles at other times. And you could tell Kurt was getting, I call him Kurt, I, I should call him coach Miller. Um, but he was uh, getting <laughs> really frustrated. You can tell Candace Parker is getting pretty heated about some things. So I, I think some of that is warranted. It's what makes playoff basketball special and it's what makes it such a good environment. If you're there in the building at the same time, like, if somebody at this juncture, if, if someone in game four of the semifinals goes down with, you know, goes down on a hard foul and they're out for the next series, that diminishes the the sport considerably, right? Like you want everybody to be out there. So just do your due diligence, get ahead of it now before it becomes more of a problem. I, I did not like the inconsistency of calls in that game.
1: Agreed. And I think, you know, the one in particular play that you alluded to was, you know, Alyssa Thomas and Candace Parker with the collision, uh, you know, kind of post rebound, um, you know, heading on an outlet. Candace goes to turn out and looks like Alyssa, you know, kind of sticks her knee out, takes it, you know, hits. I, I couldn't tell if it was in the knee or the upper thigh or what on Candace Parker, but, you know, Parker goes down her again I don't think that that's like an overly malicious intent at all for Melissa Thomas. I think that's a physical competitive. I'm going to do everything you can. Like I'm going to do everything I can to like gain an advantage, you know, like, like and basketball players will be the first ones to tell you, like, you know, you, you get, you try to get away with stuff without the ref watching, you know, like you, you try to do stuff like that. Cause you trying to get into your opponent's head. And I think that, that's a perfect example of what you were talking about, about that the referees probably didn't get this game. Like they, they didn't set a tone and set a line very yeah. well in the game. They just kind of yeah. let things happen. And especially in the playoffs, you, you have to be able to set some sort of like line again, please don't turn, take this comment <laughs> into thinking that Logan and Kyle are fans of, 45 free throws shot every game Gosh, at, no. and 18 if, referee if had, reviews. If we if we don't nerds, like them to be the star.
0: Yeah. If, if it was up to me, we would, we would move basketball to a yellow and red card system and we just do away with free throws almost entirely, but yes. we're never that's never <laughs> happening. But for those wondering, that's where I stand on the foul issue.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, but I, I agree. But, so if you're a Chicago Sky fan or a, or a Connecticut Sun fan and you're frustrated because of how this last game went on that side of things, we're with you and we, we we think you deserve to be a little frustrated. Logan, let's go ahead and give a prediction on how this series is going to play out. They've got a game coming up uh, as our listeners are hearing this later tonight at 8 p.m. Eastern time that can be watched on ESPN, Two. Um, in Connecticut, Chicago is up two to one on the series. Connecticut's got one more home game. Do you think the Chicago Sky close out this series tonight, or will Connecticut force a game five back in Chicago?
0: Connecticut, I'm rooting for you, but I'm not. I'm not putting money on you. Um, I, I think Chicago closes it out tonight. Um, if, you're, if you're listening to this the day of the game, I. It's exactly what you said earlier. I just think there's going to be positive regression from uh, their ability to shoot from distance. They have a deeper scoring ability than Connecticut does. Connecticut pretty much just has their starting five able to score and not a lot of support from the bench. Um, it, you know, we're still due for the Ally Quigley or the Azri Stevens or even the, uh, I mean, Kalia Copper has been having good games, but she hasn't had like the remember I'm the superstar of this team type game that she had Uh, In the finals last year, and that's we're due, you know, and I I think Chicago all season has known exactly what it was going to take in order to get to the position they're in now like every every night, every time they've played a good team, they've done exactly what was asked of them in order to move forward. And I think they know, like, we we don't want to go to a game five. We don't want to go back to Connecticut. We're not doing that. We're going to close things out. We're going to face the winner of the other series. We're going to win a second championship. Candace Parker is going to get another ring. Like, that's where their head is at right now. And I think Connecticut is in survival mode. Um, mm. that, that can be <laughs> that can be an advantage. That can be dangerous to be, like, back against the wall, nothing to lose. Historically, it has not proven to be in Connecticut's favor when they get back to like when when they're on the ropes, right. they they get knocked out. That's what
1: happens. I like the call. I like I like the take. Um, I have a really difficult time with this prediction because I do think that at times Connecticut has looked like the better team, um, and I do think that if we can see a similar game. Uh, out of like a Natisha Heideman and, you know, Courtney Williams, like both playing really well and then be able to see Alyssa Thomas and or Jonquil D- Jones step up. Um You know, they both played well, you know, on the boards and Alyssa Thomas had some good, good assists, but like just offensively, neither one of them played very well. They were a combined six of 22 from the floor. I think that <laughs> Jonquil Jones you know, MVP John Quayle Jones is going to show up. And if anything, this might be that game that that she comes out. And if we're talking about Ali Quigley statistical regression, you know, positive regression in her statistics, we also got to bring up Alyssa Thomas and John Quayle Jones, each only bringing in, you know, six points apiece. I think that they could easily come in and make a big difference in this game and uh and so I, I think Connecticut is probably gonna go ahead and take this game four and force a game five back in Chicago but I do think I've uh, I do have Chicago winning the series um, but I've got K- Connecticut taking this game four
0: I like it I it sounds like John Quell is your kind of if you had to name an X factor in this game kind of a deciding I think so deciding player
1: i I think so because like, she didn't, she didn't play well, obviously, on Sunday, you know, had a really, really rough outing, but she had a good outing, um, when they lost at Chicago in game two. She had a good outing, but nobody else did. So, like, that's when DeWanna Bonner only dropped, I think, like two points and was 0 for 6 from the field. So, there's, Connecticut just needs to put, if they can put it all together, and yet I know that they can, this is a scary team. Still, I still think that this could be a, a really really rough out, um, and I think that you know playoff intensity facing a, a must win game that might be the factor to to bring it out of the sun. So I hope so. I hope I, so because e- you know me. I, I, I'm also very hopeful about for the sun. If they yeah. miss this game. <laughs> I'm also very hopeful for game five because man, these these have been. Some excellent, excellent games. Oh, we're we're
0: all so getting far. greedy in our group chat. We're all getting, and I know you guys are too. If you're listening to the show, we all <laughs> want seven game series. And I, I realize that makes the playoffs about as long as the regular season. I don't care. Um, we <laughs> we badly want these games to have some more back and forth, or these the series rather. But I, we might have to wait a little longer to get to that point. Um, Absolutely. This is a bit of a dart throw, but I feel like we are due for the Kalia Copper takeover game, so I'm just going to shout that out now. Uh, and if that happens, uh,
1: that might happen. <laughs> <laughs> that easily could happen because I mean she had a good game. She had it well, she ended up with a, a good stat line, I'll say. She ended up with a good stat line, you know, 15 points, five boards, but she was only 4 for 12 from the field. Like she it was, struggled. It
0: was nothing like earlier this year these teams played and went to overtime and she ended up like I think she put up like 20 shots. Yeah. she had like 27 in the game and I know she's gonna have a postseason performance like that I just don't know when it's gonna come so I'm just gonna call my shot and hope that it's this one but
1: yeah it's a good point if you've got am, copper and Quigley scared. copper and Quigley playing better you know yeah is I, that I counteract if notes. Jones and Thomas play better could be
0: we've, we've maintained some degree of optimism for Connecticut over the last really two off seasons of of podcast coverage because we're like well they're still gonna be good um I worry that this might this might break me. <laughs> if they get bounced to the semis again, it's going to be like I, what do you do?
1: I could see that. <laughs> I 100% could see that cuz it's yeah. Uh yeah. It's like what do you come on guys, come on. Um let's let's pop over to Las Vegas now. And uh Las Vegas Seattle. I say Las Vegas cuz they won the game. Yeah, Seattle um, La-
0: fans, you got to just <clears> you got to just skip to the end. Uh you just got move this is this is this is
1: this is rough move this is rough.
0: twenty minutes into the future and uh we'll catch you on the other side
1: <laughs> yeah this is this is painful not because Seattle played bad but because Seattle's playing such great basketball and had the game won and literally Jackie Young happened like that's it like Sorry, but that's, you know, 1.7 seconds, 1.8 yeah, seconds, whatever. Which, 8. let's, let's Is it point 0.8 or 1.8? I can't it. remember. It
0: was, was 1.8, which, all right. So, like originally, Sue Bird hits the, well, Asia Wilson does her thing. Looks like they're going to win. Sue Bird goes whole 2018 semifinals against the Mercury and does like hits the corner three. The clock at that point has 0. 0.2 left on it. They go back. They're obviously going to put some time back on the clock, but it, it feels like it's going to be a catch-and-shoot situation for Vegas, no matter what. They right. put a second and a half back on the clock. And now it's like, well, maybe yeah. you, it, it, defensively, now you're like, well, they can run a play. like They can get someone open, take a dribble even. Um, maybe it didn't end up mattering because they, they did just they get it into Jackie Young, and she shoots it pretty quickly. And I, I don't know if it would have ended up mattering. But... Um, and to Seattle's credit, they tried very hard to, like, they were like, we'll take overtime, we just don't want to foul. And so they, they had their hands down trying to just not foul. But, right. boy, it, it was – I mean, at this point, you've either seen highlights from the game or you've read the articles that are recapping it, and you know there were 12 points in the last 11 seconds of this playoff game. And okay. every single one of them felt like it was like, oh, that's going to be the bucket. Like, <laughs> that's going to be the dagger. And I mean, I, you know, you're, if you were watching it live, your text chain was blowing up. The group chat was blowing up. We were freaking out. Um, the, I, I thought the Sue bird three felt like, like not only did Seattle just win this series, granted, it's only a two, one lead, but it felt like, like that's the swing. It felt like maybe that's enough to, to give Seattle the belief it needs to be like, they're, they're going to win the next one too. Like I, I started seeing visions of another Seattle Storm ring ceremony when Seattle when Sue hit that three. Because so I was like, they're just gonna, they're just unstoppable. Like they just do this every time. And then all of a sudden, Vegas turned on the Jets and hit every single shot in overtime. And now it feels like, dude, I don't know if Seattle gets out of the semis. Like, yeah, it, it was that fast. They went from like maybe my championship pick to like ah, I think that was their chance.
1: So I was confused at this and I'm glad that you you said this. So when Subert hit the 3, it said .2 on the clock. When Jackie Young is catching the ball, it says 1.8 on the clock, but as soon as the ball touches her hands, it jumps down to .8. I think what was happening is it was showing one point eight, but the actual call was that it was 8. Point 0.8. That would make I was confused. More sense. I was confused as to why <laughs> there was still that much time left on the clock because it didn't. I felt Cause, like because yeah, because Sue caught the ball with like two Sue, seconds. Yeah, go. I was like, how did yeah. how did Sue Bird? Well, that catch would make
0: it? more sense. And, and yes. again, probably doesn't affect like the, the Jackie no, it, Young catch and shoot was quick enough. That it was quick I enough. It, it made it in the anyway. point
1: eight. Like like yeah. as soon as it touches their hands, it's at point eight. Like it, like it switches down to point eight, and then she gets it off in time, plenty of time. So either way, either way, it was fine, but goodness, there were so many like little things building up to that end of the first. Well, I was going to say the first game, the end of the fourth quarter before overtime. Um, so, the one one thing I want to point out is, is you mentioned that Seattle had their hands down. they didn't want to foul. They were like, hey, we'll just take overtime I, I didn't
0: I didn't like that by the way i don't I don't know if I included that brief right analysis but you know I, who else didn't I like it? Was bad. Yeah. Seattle
1: coach Noel Quinn like she's <laughs> she said she said that's on me. she's like what happened at the end of the game execution everything she goes that is all that's on me so she she's taking full responsibility on you know whatever def- defense was was uh you know set up there but i will say i don't know if it was intentional or if it was just a hey like force overtime steve called this out in our group chat earlier in the game he pointed out that las vegas pretty much all series but especially and in particular this game was attacking the hoop like like they weren't just they weren't just, like, looking for open shots. They were going right at players and finishing, or at least, you know, drawing contact, drawing fouls, and a lot of times finishing through that contact. And they do a really, really good job of that, and they've done that kind of throughout all the whole season. Kelsey Plum is one of the best finishers, you know, contact finishers in the game. Asia obviously does it very, very well. She's – I don't know how many and one Asia Wilsons has had, like – and ones Asia Wilson has had this season, but it's a lot. And so be, maybe because of some of that, you know, maybe, I don't know if they were coached to do that or if that was just like a, Hey, like don't foul them. Cause they make it anyway, you know, kind of a, kind of a deal, but man, it was a, uh, there were, there were just so many things like Seattle did so many things right at the end of regulation and ended up losing by 12 in overtime. Like, they, yeah, the, they the had the game once.
0: I I feel like they lost the game when Jackie Young put that bucket down because they were just sha chatt- Like, mentally, yeah. you see Sue Bird at the bucket in your home building. Everyone erupts. And you're like, and you're like we did it. Bring like, on game you four. And return, yeah. It's almost like, you, like they just didn't have anything left. I don't know. Not necessarily, like, in the gas tank, like, conditioning-wise, but just emotionally, it was like... We, we had this game. That was a Bree Stewart quote, by the way. Um, let me go make sure I get that exactly right. Do, 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 do. Oh, maybe I moved off of that page. But she essentially said, we had the game one, and we gave it to them. Yeah. And that was... You could tell the overtime was like, this game's over. Still a great game start to finish, and overtime is always thrilling. But overtime got away from the storm at home because it was like we... They, they just weren't ready for... <laughs> that i mean it was a historic amount of traded buckets at the end no one could have been prepared for it no
1: that was it was insane it was yeah the last i,
0: I feel for seattle i don't think they're dead yet but no. that is a tough game to come back from man um i'll say this something you can't let happen um asia wilson went 14 of 20 for 34 points she had 11 rebounds 3 steals and a block uh, she made all six for free throws. She played MVP basketball. Um, Chelsea Cray played almost as well. <laughs> Chelsea Gray went for 29. She actually, I think she had the best game of anybody, even though Asia Wilson had kind of the big, timely plays. Um, also didn't sit a single minute, as you pointed out. Right. Um, but Chelsea Gray has really showed... I mean, we all love Kelsey Plum. We've talked about her lots this season. I think Gray has stepped up in this postseason as maybe the reason that they're going to make it to the finals, maybe be the reason that they win the finals.
1: Um, yeah, I, I agree. I think Chelsea gray single-handedly has been the most impressive player in the playoffs this season. Like, and and, and I'll even add that it, I think it goes back to the end of the regular season. Again, Kelsey plum getting a ton of attention, Jackie young, getting a ton of attention, Asia Wilson, obviously getting a lot of attention. Chelsea gray seemed to be kind of forgotten a little bit throughout the season. Um, but, you know, we, my wife and I attended Sue Bird's last home regular season game. And at the end of that game, like, m- we walked away, and my wife, uh, Clyde's, like, m- her, her, like, passing comment at the end of that game was, geez, Greg just absolutely shredded Seattle tonight. Yeah, like, that's, that was the takeaway.
0: That's the, because every other matchup in this series is, So dynamic and interesting, but Chelsea Gray has the better of this end of 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 the matchup in the in the backcourt. Yeah, Um, and I've you know to to Seattle's credit, they had a very evenly balanced score. I mean, they they basically go seven deep, um, same as Vegas. So they, I mean, these teams are in a lot of ways they're kind of mirrors of one another. But to have a team with Bree Stewart and Tina Charles and Subert and Jewel Lloyd. Come up that short. I mean, Suberd went full hero mode on that shot, and I think felt like like that sh- sort of shot deserves a playoff victory. Yeah, um, but yeah, we we're talking about Chelsea Gray' stat line. She had half of the team's three pointers, half of almost half the team's assists. Just all by herself, she was a monster out there. Um, what What worries me about Seattle is it feels like it's Vegas' year. They, they bring in Becky Hammond. Asia Wilson's having this amazing season. Um, it just feels like she's due for a ring. You know, the first maybe of many. At the same time, Vegas has been a little inconsistent all year. And it's really tough to have two players go for 30 in back-to-back games. Yeah. And if that's what it's going to take to get a win over how Seattle's playing right now. It's, it's going to completely depend on how good is Noel Quinn at getting Seattle like <laughs> back in a mental space where they believe they can win the series. Because yeah. <laughs> it's a lot easier said than done. Like these obviously these players have won multiple championships. Bree Stewart's won everything there is to ever win. Subert has won a million gold medals. But it's really tough when the wind gets taken out of your sails like that to actually you know that the internal drive that makes you feel like this series is ours. They can't hang with us. We, you know, we got this really gets robbed from you when with a loss like this. And it, it takes some incredible coaching in order to get you back on the horse and be like, go out and beat Vegas tonight and then beat them two nights from now and get to the finals. And we'll see from there. Like you, that you got to take it a day at a time, which is the biggest coaching cliche in the world. Um, but I don't, I don't think they're dead yet. I think this Vegas team has shown little bits of inconsistency and little vulnerabilities all season. Um, they have maybe the best player in the series, but Bree Stewart is still Bree, and I think we probably are overlooking the fact that she went twenty and fifteen in this game as well.
1: So you never know. You never yeah. know, Seattle fans. I man. I, I wish I, I wish that there were sporting moments that happened as like that happened more frequently, like what we saw in the last like few seconds of this game, um, like Seattle was up four, you know, Seattle was up four with like just a few seconds left. It was not, yeah. it was not like uh, uh, you know, right down to the white, Like Seattle, what an absolute gut punch! Seattle's up eighty nine to eighty five. Uh, I think that's when, like, Raquanna Williams hit that three, right? Yeah, uh, well, and
0: that's that's what Bree Stewart talked about. She she specifically referenced being up four at that point in the game yeah. and said, we had the game won when we were up four. And I, I think what she didn't say, but what we all felt watching it was, yeah, if you're Seattle, you're thinking it would take a miracle for Vegas to win this game. Unfortunately... Sports is chaotic that way. There there was a miracle. Yeah. Seattle's
1: up four with what? It was nine seconds, eight seconds, 8.9 seconds, it looks like. Um, and that, like, you're up four with nine seconds left, and you're able to hit a corner three in that same stretch of time, and you're still going to overtime. Like, that is, that's insane. That's insane to me. Um, I will say Seattle fans, there's a lot of reasons to be hurt. Um, And, uh, and I'll just call it like I see it. I think Asia traveled. I also will say if I'm a referee, I'm probably not making that call. No. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, I get you Logan. Why is it that we're okay with referees not making those types of calls at the end of game that are going to determine the game? Like, What is it about sports fans? What is it about just sports in general that there's like this? There's there's the unspoken rule of because here's the thing. I'm watching the game and I called out. I was like, oh, that's a travel out loud, like said it out loud as I'm watching the game. And yet it obviously wasn't called. And, you know, a lot of people, I'm sure, at the game were like, what the heck? You know what's going on? Why? Why do we have that? Why are we okay with that? being the case and I, that's, I'm asking uh, it, not rhetorically like I, I agree with it I'm asking it as someone who's a, kind of agrees with the idea that you kind of let the players make the decision you know what I mean
0: I hear what you're saying I know why you agree with it And at times I agree with it, depending on the call, this is actually a time where I don't, I think they should have called it. Um, and I, I love both of these teams. I'm not, I I hope there's no bias here. That's bleeding into this. Uh, my problem is there are, there are whistles that are incredibly subjective and then whistles that are pretty objective. Um, I get frustrated at the end of games when referees call charges or block, right? Because those aren't necessarily cut and dry things that refs get wrong a lot. That are like do like you know in the last five seconds of a play everybody kind of knows like they are those seconds are officiated a little bit differently under the basket than the rest of the game and we all kind of know that when it comes to out of bounds traveling goaltending things right. that are like really cut and dry obvious I want to see them called no matter I don't care if it's the MVP I don't care if it's going to cost them the series. I, I want to see it called the way it's supposed to be called because otherwise if you kind of extrapolate that out, it, it kind of cheapens the outcome of a series if it happens again and again and again. Like, well, uh, think think back to um, the the uh, the NFC championship game, the, the Rams Saints game years ago, where right. like like the Rams go to the Super Bowl because of a, a missed a, a P.I. call, it. Really bad
1: P.I. call. Yeah. And
0: everybody like for two weeks going to the Super Bowl. We're like, look, we're excited for the Super Bowl, but we all know another team should be here. Right. And yeah. so it kind of it kind of dampens the excitement of it a little bit when you're like, but we all know, you know, right. Basketball is tough because so much of it is it's fast paced. The refs aren't going to get it right all the time. I hate reviews. Personally, I, I think should yes. actually I think refs would honestly catch less flack if we did away with video reviews and it was just understood. like They got to get it right in real time and they're not going to get them all um, yeah. because reviews slow down the game to a halt. They give free timeouts. I don't like it. They're dumb. Um, th- this is an instance where I thought it was a travel. I thought if they would have called it, it would have been the right call. Um, at the same time, Seattle had a four-point lead with almost no time left, so I don't blame the referees for <laughs> for
1: the... right. It's, it's hard to blame game. the referees for... And, and I For, know
0: I know this comes off as unsympathetic to to storm fans, but even with as as distracting as the end of regulation was, you still have overtime, right? And and of course, I recognize like if they call the travel, it doesn't go to overtime, blah blah. blah. But you find yourself in overtime in a in a must have game three, and you got outscored eighteen to six.
1: Yeah, that so was a rough overtime. It's very hard to
0: to. You know, stand with you on the hill of the refs screwed us when you just get your butts kicked in overtime when you had a chance to win the game, still it didn't get taken out of your hands, and then the game was just over. Right. So if if that Asia Wilson bucket would have been for the lead and the win, probably a very different conversation.
1: Agreed. Now, Logan, let's take a look a little bit ahead to. Game four. Oh, gosh, you're gonna make me pick one of these teams. No, I'll, I'll go ahead and pick first. I'll <laughs> okay. go ahead and pick first because I, I made you pick first last time, and I had more time to like really think about my my deal. And you just you just gave a really great answer to my question. So let, <laughs> let me let me make my pick first. I'll let you, I'll let you mull over this a little bit. Here's where I think. Um, This really, instead of like looking at this as a whole and looking at how Seattle and Las Vegas have both played and looking at stats and that's generally what we tend to do as a show. Like we're very statistical based. We like that element of it. We get really into that. At this point, I'm going to go purely emotional, pure emotion right now. I have a really difficult time seeing Seattle come back and win a game four after everything that transpired in game three. Mm -hmm. First of all, they're down big. And I mean, they weren't down like 30 points, but they were down. Well, like 15 or 16 points. Like in the first half, like they were, they were down by a ways in the first half. I'll I'll find it for you. Thank you. Yeah. I I know it was at least 13. I want to say maybe 15 or 16. They were down pretty decent. I think early in the second quarter uh, they were down at least fourteen from what I'm seeing. Okay, there we go. So you you climb back right all the the whole second half, third quarter's good for you, fourth quarter's good for you. You're up four. You've got the game one nine seconds left. Subert hits that three with just point eight seconds too much, too early. I mean it is. It is everything, you know, big comeback against, you know, who a lot of people are saying is the best team in the league this season. You're going to go up two to one with a home game coming up in game four. Like this is it. And then you, you know, Jackie young with 0.8 seconds left puts it in and then just an absolute train wreck of an overtime at this point. That That is such an emotional loss that it's really difficult to come back from that. Like It's really, really tough. It's tough for a team to go through what Seattle went through in game three and then come out and take care of business in a game four. Now, if there was a team to do it, it would be the Seattle Storm team. You've got Stewie, Sue Bird, Jewel Lloyd, and you've added Tina Charles. You've, you're starting four number one draft picks, four players who are honestly like just absolute legends on your starting five. Plus, you've got Gabby Williams, Stephanie Talbot had a fantastic game. Magbegor's coming off the bench. January can come in and provide some solid minutes. Like this is a good team and a deeper team than the Las Vegas Aces. That being said. Right now, it's really tough to see anyone other than Las Vegas taking this series. And I don't think that Seattle just has the emotional, like, fortitude to come in and, and take away game four. Now, Seattle, by all means, please, I am begging you, prove (laughs) me wrong. If there is, if there was a single series that I've seen in the last like couple seasons in the playoffs that I think deserves to go to game five. It's this one. This series has been phenomenal. In fact, it's so good that it's overshadowing another really, really great series that's happening on the other side of the bracket. Like those games are, are legendary between the sky and this and the sun and the storm aces are just one upping them every single night. And so please, by all means, go to game five. But if I'm going to take, uh, if, if I'm taking a pick right now, I think Las Vegas has this one. And I think this might be the type of game. I'm I'm nervous that this might be the type of game that Las Vegas wins by double digits. Um, mm-hmm. So that's my, that that's where I'm going to go with my prediction. I think Las Vegas is taking game four. Yep. Um,
0: it's felt like Vegas's year since the day they hired Becky Hammond. Yeah, um, and they've done nothing all season or postseason to dissuade that. Um, I don't think the storm will go quietly. But I, I mentioned earlier, kind of like, uh, like are, are Asia Wilson and Chelsea Gray really going to keep playing at this level? Because that, you know, that could be an opening for Seattle to get another game. My answer is yes. I think they are going to keep playing at that level, and I think. Chicago is going to have their hands full in uh, in their bid to try to repeat as defenders of um, – or not repeat as defenders of the, the title, but as reigning champs. I think that's going to be the matchup. I think it's going to be Chicago-Vegas. and it's going to be a freaking awesome series. Um, but to me, this is uh, – I think this is the end of the road for the Seattle team. And that means a lot of things. That means Sue Burns' final game in a league that she helped define for the past two decades – uh, it, it could mean Bree Stewart's final game in a Seattle jersey. I'm not trying to hurt Storm fan feelings here right now. I'm just trying to just trying to put it out there. That this is something we need to be prepared for. If you're not following the Storm super closely, there's there's a, a lot of change that they're due for this offseason. Um, and sort of the same deal that we talked about with Connecticut, maybe with their backs against the wall, they play their best basketball game of the season and they force another game. That would be great. To me, it just feels like, Vegas is that team. Um offensively they're just too good to keep up with. Um, I I think they're gonna I think they're probably gonna win by eight. Pull away late with some free throws or something like that. Um it's gonna be a good game. I'm gonna be sad um if Seattle loses because it, it does mean kind of the end of an era for um one of the leagues. Dynasties, really, really core. Yeah, like one of the one of the teams that wrote a chapter in the history of this league. Um, but it sort of feels like Vegas is time right now. And I don't don't get me wrong. We're gonna talk about if if Vegas gets through and Chicago gets through, or if Connecticut gets through. Like, we'll we we'll, we're not crowning anybody yet. No, but, not at all. Um, we've known that this Vegas squad has championship sauce for a little while, and it, it feels like they're gonna. F- I mean, if that Jackie Young bucket, I think, is the pivot point of the entire postseason.
1: Yeah, I, I, it feels that way, and and you can call us out. Go ahead, hit us up on Twitter at WNB Nation Pod. You can call Logan and I out for saying that we're you know for for being too emotional or or playing too much emotion into this
0: wrong this postseason
1: (laughs) what's gonna happen what's gonna happen is it's gonna go to game five of
0: the Connecticut Sun game I said this is gonna be a Sun game and it wasn't wasn't.
1: (laughs) (laughs) this is this is gonna be the both series are gonna go to game five and the storm and the Sun are both gonna advance to the WNBA finals because that because we've made these predictions so Take heart in our predictions <laughs> because uh, oftentimes we we go ahead and jinx things on this show. So this might be the first time I've taken
0: Chicago in a playoff game in like three years. Yeah, I've been been trying to stay my distance. You do, you've
1: you've counter jinxed the Chicago Sky into a championship (laughs) last season. So, (laughs) so well done. The fact that you're calling them out here is, is brave, I will say. You know, it, it it seems as though you felt like that championship was, uh, you know, lifted the curse, so to speak, from the last six, six seasons of WNBA Nation that we've done. So, uh, we'll see. We'll see if that, if that's the case. Logan, thank you for, uh, th- thanks for a good episode tonight, man. This was great. I didn't think that two games would take us nearly an hour. Uh, but here we Makes are sense. closing in, getting a little bit closer, approaching that hour mark. So we're going to go ahead and wrap this up because you guys have some basketball to watch tonight. And, uh, we hope that you've enjoyed a little bit of time today hanging out with logan and i uh getting a little breakdown and getting our thoughts as the games are about to approach again reminder i'm sure you all have this on your calendar and are ready to go watch the games tonight espn 2 game 4 uh for each of these series you've got Chicago and Connecticut tipping off at 8 p.m. Eastern and you've got Las Vegas and Seattle tipping off at 10 p.m. Eastern. Make sure you're watching these games to the finish. Do not turn them off early as you've seen as, as Las Vegas and Seattle taught you last time. Um, by the way, having that game uh, on national television was was pretty dope, too. But that's a that's a side note for another day. <laughs> but make sure you're watching the games. Make sure you're checking it out. If you have any takes, uh, if you want to call us out for anything, please do hit us up on uh, on our socials. But that's all we've got for you tonight for WNBA Nation. I'm Kyle Haywood. I'm Logan Jones. And we got you next time.